Welcome to Self-Awareness for Everyone, a weekly journey into applied guidance for mindfulness. Mindfulness is the tool available to everyone that empowers us to direct our life experiences. I am MJ Bleehart, storyteller, author, creator, philosopher, and your guide through easy-to-use mindfulness tools, conscious reality creation, and other devices for unselfish self-awareness. This week's topic, self-awareness and your subconscious mind. Okay, let's get right down to it, shall we? Everyone has three states of mind. The first is the unconscious, and that's where everything happens purely automatically. It's how your mind keeps your heart beating. It's how swallowing, digesting, and just generally breathing work. That's your unconscious mind, and you don't connect to it. It just functions, and it helps you function. Then there is the subconscious mind. Subconsciousness is where your habits, beliefs, values, and overall sense of self exist. And it's subconscious because you can access it, but largely you don't. The subconscious tends to be passive, doing things by rote and routine. The conscious mind. Consciousness is here and now. It is a product of the moment. It is your inner being, specifically your mindset, headspace, psyche sense of self. Consciousness is active, and it is where you are choosing and deciding things in the moment. That's how our brain divides. That's how our mind has its three states. For the most part, we just ignore the unconscious, but the conscious and the subconscious are what make us who, what, where, how, why, and everything else that we are. The conscious mind is where your overall inner being, your mindset, headspace, psyche, self lives. It is, in general, who you think and feel and know yourself to be here and now as you are listening to me say these words. But there is another factor that comes into play, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later, which is the ego. The ego is a product of both the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. But to truly understand the workings of the ego, we need to be better about recognizing and being self-aware of our subconscious mind. Mindfulness, of course, is your conscious awareness of both your sensory input, what you get from your six senses, as well as your thoughts, feelings, actions, and intentions. And that conscious awareness is very specifically in the now. It is a product of this moment. It is an immediate thing which you can only access when you work right now mindfully to access it. But a big part of how we live our lives gets directly connected to our subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is that which is deeply rooted and the aspects of your beliefs, your values, and your habits, and they are many. And a lot of them are rooted so deeply that you might hold beliefs, not actively, but passively, that impact who you are and what you do and that which you believe. What we believe and where we hold on to our beliefs and our values and our habits tends to go in deep. It's not directly accessed consciously. Habits are developed by routine practice. They are developed by muscle memory, sometimes literal, sometimes figurative. These things take root 
in your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is like a great big sponge. It absorbs veritably everything that it takes in. Every experience you have, every lesson that you learn, everything new, every place that you visit, every person that you meet leaves an impact in your subconscious mind. It takes in everything you learn, see, think, feel, experience. It doesn't really matter. And oftentimes it takes that stuff in without your even being aware of it. That's where subconsciousness can be tricky because there are no filters in the subconscious mind like there are in the conscious mind. So a great many of the things that it takes in, it takes at face value. And when you don't apply consciousness to it, it creates a lasting impression that can then be really difficult to find and eventually change if it doesn't suit you. This can get particularly tricky when we start talking about childhood and we start talking about the things that we learned from our parents and the habits and the values and the beliefs that we've carried around with us that we didn't necessarily choose. Some people are better than others at learning what these are and then working to root them out if they don't like them. They're very good about going into their subconscious mind and looking what makes them tick. This is a big part of how psychology, psychiatry, social work, all of these processes for digging into the human psyche, this is a big part of how they work. It's not about your conscious mind, it's about going into your subconscious and figuring out what got stuck in there long, long ago that you're completely unaware of in the here and now. How does that happen? Like I said, the subconscious mind is a great big sponge. It absorbs everything, and it does it all the time. For example, you go on to, let's say, Facebook or Twitter, and you start seeing all the bad news about the latest happenings in Ukraine, about the latest mass shooting, about the latest political insanity, and you find yourself going further and further and further down that line and looking at more and more bad news and finding more and more terrible things to look at and see, and before you know it, you're doom-scrolling. But worse than that, your subconscious mind is absorbing all of this, and before you know it, you're feeling down. You are feeling hopeless. You are feeling like none of this matters, like it's just not important. The world has gone mad, and there's nothing you can do about it. Why do you get that feeling? Because your subconscious mind just absorbed all that negativity unchecked and unfiltered, and it's holding it. And that is how it is believing reality to be. Your subconscious mind is now creating these beliefs that the world is a terrible place, people are awful, nobody cares, and the like. And while a lot of that is old data you might have absorbed as a child or gleaned from your parents or whatever, new data comes in all the time that creates subconscious beliefs and values, which can then lead to habits that might not serve you. And before you know it, you are smoking or drinking or chronically masturbating or take your pick. You're doing something else habitually that doesn't serve you in a positive or useful way. That is a product of the subconscious. Self 
awareness is partially not just being aware of who you are in the here and now and getting in touch with your conscious mind. That's a big part of it, but in doing so, a lot of times you need to go into your subconscious to dig out what's rooted there. Before you know it, you find that you're holding on to a belief or a value that you don't truly, consciously believe or value, and yet it's there, and it's impacting how you approach life, the universe, and everything. If you don't take the time to go into your subconscious mind to try to root it out, if you are not self-aware that this even exists in your subconscious, you can't work with it, let alone change it. It's going to interfere with all that you are trying to do. And while you might be able to get around it from time to time and you might luck out and the stars might align or whatever, by and large, if you don't address it and you ignore what's planted in your subconscious and impacting your beliefs, values, and habits, you are stuck and stagnated, and no amount of self-awareness does you much good in making choices and decisions that will impact you here and now, let alone where you might be trying to go for the future. Now, where does the ego come into this? Because people talk about the ego all the time, and I think, and I'm not going to claim any kind of scientific knowledge on this one, this is how I think the ego works. The ego is something of a bridge between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind, and it works on two very different levels. On the one hand, your ego is how you project yourself to the world. This is who I show myself to the world to be. And because it is made up of both your conscious and your subconscious mind, you control some of what you share via your ego, and some of it you don't, because you just might not recognize that it's there. I'll get into an example of this a little bit here. On the other hand, the ego is how you project who, what, where, how, and why you believe yourself to be to yourself. In that general, subconscious, semi-conscious, not fully aware experience of being yourself, it is your ego that you are seeing the reflection of that is who you believe yourself to be. Now, this can get really, really meta, right? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But believe me, it still really makes it out why when you're not being conscious or subconscious and kind of stuck somewhere in the middle, you're still putting on a show. You're still showing yourself to the world in some form or other. So oftentimes, Ego is where your subconscious manifests itself consciously in who, what, where, how, and everything that you are. You don't realize you're doing it because it's subconscious and it's tacking itself onto that weird little middle ground, that bridge between your conscious and your subconscious mind that is your ego. But nevertheless, it's something you do. For example, I have a friend with whom I would try very hard to be something of a mentor. And for a time, we did have that kind of relationship where they looked to me as a mentor of a sort. But along the way, because subconsciously I looked at this friend and I saw myself in a lot of ways and not often in positive ways. I saw some of my less salient qualities of my youth very much alive in this friend. 
And I would strive very hard to help them not make some of those mistakes that I made. In the process, as I was trying to help, I wound up being condescending. Not intentionally condescending, but that's still how I managed to come across. And it wasn't until my wife pointed this out to me that I realized that that was an ego thing. Because of what I believe and my values and who I have strived to become in the couple of decades I have on this particular friend, it was a really interesting perspective to see that I was inadvertently condescending to them. I didn't mean to do that. And it turns out they're not the only one I was doing this to. This, it turns out, was something I was doing egotistically. And that was something that once I recognized, I could now consciously act to work with and work on and stop doing because I cannot stand when people condescend to me. So the last thing I want to do is condescend to anybody else. But that is how the ego gets worked into everything regarding the conscious and the subconscious mind. Subconsciousness and your subconscious mind are very, very easy to lose sight of. And that is why a great big part of self-awareness and mindfulness is recognizing the elements of your subconscious mind. This is why it's so important to take a look at your beliefs and values and your habits and decide consciously, are these who I am? Are they who I desire to be? And if they're not, then Consciously, you can make various choices to work with this and to do better at replanting or changing out any beliefs and values and habits that don't serve you, that are out of date, that are old holdouts from a life that used to be yours but isn't anymore, or that you prefer isn't even if you haven't yet made what changes you'd like to make. This is why self-awareness and your subconscious mind do in fact go hand in hand, because by being self-aware and more mindful and conscious, you access your subconscious mind more readily. Yes, I'm repeating myself, but I don't think I can make this point too many times because, frankly, it seems super easy, and yet at the same time, it's kind of complicated because the subconscious has lots of interesting pitfalls and obstacles and holes in it that are sometimes very hard to recognize, and only conscious action is how you can do anything with your subconscious and truly gain real, honest usable self-awareness to make of your life all that you might desire to make of it. Okay, let's get to this week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool. Now, this one's going to also be a little more on the abstract because I'm not suggesting a you-use-it-once-in-a-while tool. I am suggesting a tool here that you can use on a regular basis, and this is not a singular tool. It's a set of practices that are conscious practices. Because let's face it, on most days, a lot of us work by rote and routine and subconsciously. Before we know it, we haven't taken care of our physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual health in any meaningful way. Thus, these are some practices that I've used that will help for you to align both your conscious and your subconscious mind better, 
which in turn lets you access your ego and take better control both of who you project yourself to be to the world and who you project yourself to be to yourself. Because one of the tricks of the ego is that sometimes it's not fully real. It's kind of a bizarre amalgam of who you think you are, but it's not who you are. I should have said that earlier, but let's go back to this. Your applied guidance for mindfulness tool. These are some things you can do on each level of health in order to better align your conscious and subconscious mind. Physically, get more regular exercise, maintain a healthier and sustainable diet, and get more sleep. I'm not talking about extremes. You don't need to join a gym. Just get up and move. Take a walk occasionally. Think about what you're putting in your system. Go ahead and have that pizza once in a while, but don't make it your meal seven nights a week. That's just not healthy or sustainable. Same with crash diets. Choose a dietary program that you can follow as a lifestyle choice. For me, that's been the Mediterranean diet. And as much as I use to resist sleep, sleep is actually not a bad thing at all. And if you can get more sleep, it'll actually do wonders for you. Mentally, read daily. Now, I read at least a minimum of one chapter every day of both fiction and nonfiction. And my nonfiction ranges from conscious reality creation stuff, self-awareness stuff, to money consciousness and marketing ideas and so on. I find that reading every single day makes me feel sharper and feel like I've got a better connection. And since I began my daily reading practice, and my practice is to get up every morning first thing and read, I've really found that I think I'm expanding my mental capacity. So this is something you can do to help align your conscious and subconsciously via your mental health. Emotionally, journaling daily can help you get a hold of your thoughts, feelings, and express honesty with yourself about where you are at. Additionally, writing five gratitude statements every night before bed and maybe five positive I am statements will really help you emotionally get a hold of whether you are subconsciously or consciously feeling more often than not. What's the difference? The difference is that conscious feeling is a th is feeling of the now. It's not in the past, which the subconscious tends to be. Subconsciousness is where grudges are held, where incorrect beliefs about the way things are have an emotional attachment that is not necessarily real. And by practicing some journaling or by doing this gratitude statements on a regular basis or writing out very specific I am statements, you can use emotional health to better align your conscious and subconscious mind. Finally, there's spiritual health. Practice taking breaks for two minutes of uninterrupted deep breathing at least twice a day. And I mean, you set a timer for two minutes and all you do is breathe in, breathe out deeply for two minutes. If you can, meditate for five to 30 minutes a day. Now, I know some people cannot meditate, and you know what? That's fine. It's not for everyone. It's also not nearly as involved as most people feel that it is. Meditation is generally just conscious stillness. It's taking time to just be. There are different ways to do it. There are guided meditations for as little as five minutes that generally can do no harm. And I do say generally because for some people, they are are 
harmful because they put you in places you'd really rather not be. All of these practices are ongoing tools. They are not do it now, do it once. They are try to do this on the regular because when you address your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health consciously, you are consciously aware and, as such, more mindful. And then if you have beliefs, values, and habits embedded in your subconscious that aren't serving you, you are more capable of aligning them and being more of who you would most desire to be. Thank you for joining me for self-awareness for everyone and sharing in this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and employing other tools for optimizing your life experience. If you have any questions or comments, please drop me an email at author at mjbleehart.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at mjbleehart and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show and to Fee Mahoney, the creator of my cover art. Do go check out her Etsy shop, Talia's Inspirations. Please visit my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn at titaniumdawn.com, my articles at mjbleehart.medium.com, and my various published sci-fi and fantasy books on Amazon. I hope that you are discovering how self-awareness can be found via mindfulness and applied to improve not only your life experience, but maybe that of the people around you. And be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be.